Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. We have to talk about Summer of Soul, a documentary about a music festival in a park in Harlem in 1969. It might be the most powerful and moving thing I've seen about the 60s anywhere. And the story it tells is about a series of events that were completely unknown to almost all of us. The footage sat in a basement for nearly 50 years and no one cared. For comment, we turn to John Powers. He's critic at large on Fresh Air with Terry Gross, where he has an audience of several million listeners. He's also been a film critic for Vogue and before that for the late lamented L.A. Weekly. We reached him today at home in Pasadena. John Powers, welcome back. Oh, glad to be here. So how did you like Summer of Soul? I like Summer of Soul. I mean, I mean, I, I mean what's not to like about Summer of Soul? The thing is... Even if one didn't like parts of the film, the musical performances in it are so fantastic with the full range of Black American music. And in fact, not just Black American music, African Black music and Cuban Black music. The people are so sensational that even if you didn't care about any of the political stuff, although you should, if even if you didn't care about it, you'd, you'd really enjoy yourself. And it's clear about the time frame in which this is happening. America in 1969. Nixon is president. The Vietnam War is raging. It's only a year after the assassinations of Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King. It's one year after huge riots in Harlem following the assassination of King. So it's a year with a huge burden of, of sadness and anger. And they are here along with the joy of the music, especially personified by and enacted by Jesse Jackson. I would add to the historical thing, Whitey's on the moon. Because one of the things that in the film is that you even see a news broadcast from the period where, where the reporter goes to Harlem during this festival and asks people what they think of the moonshot. And let me tell you, they were less impressed than the white Americans that were interviewed <laughs> in, that, in that same broadcast. And that's part of it as well. And then you would add in that this is just weeks 
off the existence of Woodstock. It's sometimes been called Black Woodstock just for, for that reason. So you, you have this moment, and it is a spectacular moment, and then growing out of it is this music event that somehow takes on more meaning than a normal music event because it, it, it comes at the end into some, some sort of expression of, culmination of, and response to all of the things you just mentioned. Let's talk about the musical highlights. For me, I think it was uh, the gospel. As you say, there's many genres of black music at this many weeks of Sunday afternoons in the park. The Edwin Hawkins singer's Oh Happy Day. I mean, I haven't heard that for a long time, that great woman with the alto voice. And then there's the moment when the incredible Mavis Staples helps Mahalia Jackson sing Precious Lord, Take My Hand, which we are told is this Martin Luther King's favorite song. It's the one he requested just moments before he was killed. That is a pretty overwhelming moment on film. Oh, oh it is, you know, because what, what's interesting is, as they tell us, that Mahalia is saying she's not feeling well. So she, so she asked Mavis Staples to come. And then Mavis Staples sings it about as well as you could ever imagine it being sung. And then gives it over to Mahalia Jackson. And, you know, it, it is as if Mount Everest or something, something, of, something so huge and elemental had spent their entire life training themselves to be a genius singer. <laughs> because, because it, and clearly there's a boost when she sings. Mavis Staples is great. And yet you can see why Mavis Staples says she idolizes Mahalia Jackson. Because Mahalia Jackson does seem to, oh, maybe she's like a volcano. Like all of the history and pain of this seems to be there in her body as she yeah. sings. She is so powerful and grounded and talented. I want to make sure I'm not saying that some of this is just like natural gifts. She's trained herself for decades to do this, to channel this incredible power of the terrible history of her people. And she does it. And it, it, is, it is a knockout. But I know the people who followed that on that day would have been cursing cursing the festival organizers until the end of time for having to follow that performance. Yes. So this film has really it's really two different films. There's the there's the footage shot in 1969 by some guy no one has ever heard of and no one ever heard of since who tried to get it and turned into some sort of a TV series and failed and then just kept the stuff in his basement and then died. It was not a great, I, I, I mean, I, I hate to be mean to him. He couldn't have been a great producer because, you know, he, he didn't seem to try hard enough or go to the right people. You know, back at the time when the Muhammad Ali Kinshasa film came out, you would have thought, oh, you could have gone to some of those people then and said, oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah. we have this incredible, but they didn't. You know, so it, it has been, it been forgotten. So you have that footage. And then we have the footage shot in the last year or two by Questlove, uh, who has lined up some wonderful talking heads. Uh, let's talk about them. Well, I mean, I was happier with the, the talking heads who had just been the people who were there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think somehow I, I didn't need to see Chris Rock come and say his one <laughs> sentence about how important it was. Some of the famous people mattered less to me. There's one of the talking heads who is especially notable, and that's Charlene Hunter Galt, the black uh, news person. I had sort of forgotten her story, but she was the first black student at the University of Georgia. 
And she moved it. She tells the story of how she moved into the dorms. They put her alone on the first floor, and the white girls were upstairs pounding on the ceiling above her room. And she says she drowned them out by playing Nina Simone records. Wow. I think it's actually also interesting because when when someone like Charlene Hunter Gold, they become famous for being distinguished. Yes. And you know it's and it's very easy and it's easy to forget that before she was distinguished, she was incredibly brave. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. She was heroic before she, before she was a person that you thought of as just distinguished. And then she also tells the story of fighting with the New York Times to get the word black and rather than Negro, used as the standard at the newspaper. And she succeeded. And she succeeded. You know, <laughs> you, you thought, like, you know, like, which is a, once again, a huge thing. Some of the other Questlove talking heads include the performers shot today, who he shows video of them 50 years ago on stage in Harlem, especially two people from the Fifth Dimension who, who tear up, uh, and uh, a magnificent Gladys Knight who says something important was happening that day and it wasn't just the music. It's great to see those people. Oh, it is great. You know, I mean, it's, it's actually interesting, be, you know, because you see Marilyn McCoo, who, you know, and part of the whole fifth dimension thing was that were they thought to be, people thought they were white. And if you're a black performer doing music that many think means you're white, you know, it's important to perform for them there. And then, of course, the problem is Marilyn McCoo is exceedingly beautiful. So, I mean, so one of the yes. other things is she's yes. so beautiful that, that actually people there at the time are looking at her thinking, boy, she's really beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and in fact, 50 years on, she's, she looks fantastic. Some of the various political people from that era, the Black Panther and so forth, it was actually interesting to hear them talk. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and that's good. And it's partly because the, the film has a shape and an argument to make. Um, and, you know, the, the shape is how it is this moment of this expression. And Mahalia Jackson fits in the logic of it. And, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, because I may be wrong with this. I, as I was watching, I was thinking, Mahalia Jackson is transcendence through faith and all of the pain in the world. And so and at some level, she's the past. Yes. In, in 1969, she's the past. Yes, she's been doing this for 30 years. She's been doing it for 30 years. And and somehow African-American politics have moved on somehow beyond that. At that moment, everyone worships her. She's so great, but they want something new. Probably Nina Simone is the present, which is you get the pain with her, but also with song like Young, Gifted, and Black, you get, the fu- you, you get a projection of the future. And then the film ends with Sly and the Family Stone because they are almost the embodiment of the future because they're different races, you know, women playing trumpets, which one of the people says, well, I've never seen a woman play a trumpet before. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, they're wearing wild clothes and they are communal. They, you know, they are the age of Aquarius that the Fifth Dimension was singing about. But I think there's an argument so that you actually start with Mahalia Jackson and then you and then you go to Nina Simone and then Sly Sly and the Family or Sly and the Family Stone to end it. You know, and of course, Questlove in making this film hasn't shown it in order. I mean, right. I, it's an, it's very important to realize, you know, when you're watching it, that he that he, as any sensible person would, wants to make an argument about about where things are going and and to end on the high of them singing, I want to take you higher. Yes. You know, which which incidentally was one of the high points of the film Woodstock, 
if you recall. I mean, is that this was the point where probably Sly and the Family Stone were much greater than probably a lot of us realized at the time. Certainly a lot of white people realized at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were just spectacular. And this is, I believe, Questlove's first film. Who exactly is he? Oh, he was he was a guy with the roots. You know, I mean, he's a drummer. Um, he was a musician. I mean, he clearly was a guy who is an expansive musician. You know, you know, I mean, I mean, some think out in larger ways. And clearly, this was an event when when he discovered there's footage of it. I can imagine that he would leap to it, and then because he, you know he's politically minded. If if 1969 is a, is a point where you were going to have this event, probably the year after George Floyd and during at, at the end of Trumpism, this is the year you're going to bring that out as part of this huge explosion of great stuff that's suddenly being discovered or rediscovered. This is a it's a movie about a moment at another moment that is the kind of the same kind of moment where you're seeing all of this stuff coming together. Summer of Soul, Questlove's first film, is running now on Hulu. John Powers. John, thank you. This was great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com And you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.